This is the Mandalorian's Explosion Network's after show where we're breaking down each and every episode of The Mandalorian, of course, Disney Plus's original Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. My name's Dylan Blunt, and joining me to discuss today's episode, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan, excited to be here back on Navarro, where it all began. <sighs> Between this and uh, Tatooine, you'd think there was no other planets in the, the galaxy, nearly. Is no? this just the last time they're ever going to come back? No, of course it's not. Of course it's not. They'll be back again this season. Season penultimate episode. But that's my bet, straight away. Uh, So this episode, Chapter 12, The Siege, uh, directed by Carl Withers, written by Jon Favreau. Say it every week. You you never know. Of course, I assume next week's episode is going to be written by someone else. Okay, Dave Filoni. But I'll be surprised. Or we'll see. Anyway. Yeah, shout outs also, Carl Weathers, of course, get that out of the way straight away. Like uh you know, when they when they announced he was gonna be directing an episode, I was like, I don't know, like you look at his IMDB, he's directed a couple things here and there, but obviously you know, I think he he, he proved himself worthy with this episode. Uh it's quite action packed and I felt like the action was uh shot quite well. So Carl Weathers did a, a good job. And of course it's a it's a big job directing and also having to you know, act as well. Uh, I guess yeah. maybe he picked it up from Stallone back in the day. <laughs> like, that's the, <laughs> that's where the experience comes from. Uh, synopsis for this episode was simply the Mandalorian rejoins old allies for a new mission. Uh, I feel like the the core co- the core setup for this week's episode, of course, was easily predicted last week when we was discussing. It's like the Razor Crest ship uh, is in a shit heap. Uh, he needs Mando needs somewhere to to, to fix it up. And of course, he's like, "Oh, we just—you got to just assume at the start of the episode he's close to." There's Navarro. only two places. Yeah, he's like, "I oh, don't know. I'm closer to Navarro. Maybe I'm closer to Tatooine. I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting. Anyway, um, what was yep. your what was your overall thoughts for this week's episode? Anyway, uh, solid. Like it was a fine episode. Uh, I think it gave. I think the key to this episode it gave more hints as to what the complete story of the season is potentially going to be and gives a little bit more insight into uh moth gideon's motivations and desire to hold the child which uh has kind of been on the back burner so far this season so uh yeah that's kind of what made it a bit more interesting but yeah yeah it's um, what about you what do you think uh I, yeah, I thought it was a perfectly okay episode i i thought a lot of the dialogue was kind of uh but also, well, a lot of the dialogue was at times rather cheesy. And then also there was a couple of lines delivered by, and I'm not just picking on her for certain reasons, but there was one particular line and a couple of others delivered by um, Gina Carano that I thought were, there's that one part in the ship where she shouts, she's like, she says something like, oh, come on, or what are you doing back there? It was, it was something like that. And yeah. I was like, oof. <laughs> um, so between that and like, uh yeah some cheesy dialogue i thought it was an okay episode it was obviously the heights of the episode uh the most interesting stuff is the the, the stuff you were hinting at of course all the the stuff with Moff gideon and his need for the child and we'll discuss that we'll, we'll save that all for a moment because we'll just get through the rest of the episode because prime we can probably get through the rest of the episode pretty pretty quickly and then yep. i'm sure most of the discussion will be on that sort of stuff so uh Let's start with, of course, the episode starts with 
They're floating through space. Space cast, absolute shit heap. Yeetle, for some reason, is trying to fix the ship. Um, so before I Smart. watched the episode, uh, I, I opened Twitter and I saw people like posting uh, Groot gifs saying that this episode reminded them of Groot. I was like, I don't really know. Like, that didn't spoil anything, but after watching this scene, I was like, ah, okay, I get it. Okay, it makes sense now. I I get what's what's hinting out here. Um, So as I wrote my notes here, Yeetle's trying to fix the ship, but he doesn't seem to understand the red wire goes where the blue wire went and the blue wire goes where the red one was because that was said over and over. (laughs) Like, you need to put the (laughs) blue one where the red one was? No, no, you don't need to put them together. I mean, it was really like talking to a toddler. (laughs) Pretty much. As soon as he was like, Talking to him, I'm like, because at the start he's talking to someone, and you're like, (laughs) is there someone else on the ship, or has he literally got the child trying to fix the ship? Because that's not a good idea. That's probably not going to go the way he wants it to. Anyway, yeah, this was a, of course, a a funny, great uh, opener to the to the episode. Uh, I mean, very funny, surprising, very cute. He took a lot of damage. I mean, when it was all right, yeah, he's like 80 years old. He can he can take a punch. Or an electrocution. Or an electrocution, case. yeah. He's, I'm sure I'm sure Mando wouldn't have sent him up there if he if he thought the electric shock could kill him. Like you know yeah, what I mean? That's like, true. like I, I he must have known it would only be at, at worst a a mild shock or something. Yeah. Uh so after this great opener, we have this this scene with Cara Dune on Navarro where we discover that she is now the marshal and um or of of Navarro, obviously. Uh, and she yeah. saved some meerkat thing. This whole scene is nothing but, hey, Cara Dune's still a badass in case you forgot, right? Like, yeah. I don't think there was any other reason for this. Like, there was no explanation or... No. Um, I don't know what those creatures were. Neither. It's uh, a meerkat. Or why they wanted to cut that cat Must up and eat it. Is it endangered? Is that why she was trying to save it? Maybe. Well, she says she 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 says she has to take some stuff back to other people. So you just presume that the, you know, she's she's doing the the marshal's job. I guess she's she's saving people's stuff and returning to it. Anyway, I could do without this scene, because um, yeah, I, I, I obviously <laughs> that I I'll put it out here, right? So I come into the episode and I'm like, all right, let's see how well I can not let real world events bother me. That's that's the mindset I came came into the episode with. I was trying, like I came in like she's only, it's probably only going to be in one episode. Let's just try and focus on Karajun, Karajun, and you know, let's see how we go. There's Separate she, the art from the artist. Yeah, I was like, I'll see how I go. And as soon as she showed up and she started like doing all the badass moves, literally in my mind, I'm just thinking, I'm like, I just started going. Wow, if this had been like a year ago, I may I was like, I was trying to remember what I would have felt watching this a year ago, if you know what I mean. Like, I was like, would I have been, would I have normally been excited by this? Like, was I, I couldn't remember if I liked Cara Dune or not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know if I'm, I, I don't know, like, I, I forgot how I feel. Um, I don't know. How, how do you feel about, the, how do you feel about? It was fine. Yeah. Okay. Again, there was no reason to really care. I mean, it was, Nicely choreographed, and you know she took them all out. Some one of them was burnt in the face for some reason. I didn't couldn't quite remember. I don't know at the end of it why it was all burnt, but yeah, whatever. Anyway, so praise Christ comes. What in. if she's got a pistol? Why didn't she just shoot them all? I don't know she's arresting him. She's a cop now. 
<laughs> uh, so Razor Crest comes in looking like a, a shit heap. Um, Mando's greeted by Kajun and Grief Cargo, of course. Uh, Grief is like, no problem. We'll, we'll fix up your ship. Come with me. Have a look around the town. Uh, the first thing you notice as they're Did walking you, around. Was it weird that he was so in love with the child? I felt like he wasn't that obsessed with the child before. Uh, no, I, I was like, man. Maybe after he saved his life. Maybe his like life. he's, yeah, more. He's I, grown attached. I was like, whatever. I didn't, yeah. I, I can't recall him being that uh, like babyish with it before, obviously, but. Yeah. Whatever. Um, they, so they, they walk around Navarro and of course the first thing you notice is the fact that uh, it's now like a, it's a friendly planet. There's people walking around. There's like a, a proper market. When you compare that to the first se- season where the, it was basically a, a criminal underworld. I mean, they made sure to give you that shady shot of that mechanic guy. Yeah, that that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking then, like, what's this dude? Like, I just, I was waiting for the, the cutback shot of him, like, calling Gideon. But then, of course, when you get to the end of the episode, I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, that wasn't foreshadowed. Um, yep. so they go to the bar or what was like the Werner Horzog's Werner Horzog's place. place. Yeah. And that's now being turned into a school of some sort for kids. Where are all these kids? Oh, for kids, really? Yeah. <laughs> a school. <laughs> well, just to, just to clarify, you know, like you're never too old to learn something, okay. as I say. Um, it's true. All humans, by the way. That's, I thought that was a bit Was old. it? I didn't, I didn't pay any. attention to be honest, but yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Um, I the only thing I was wondering with all this, you got all these kids. You got I'm like, well, were all these people here before, or have like the Mando's been gone long enough that they're slowly turning Navarro into some sort of like good. Uh, what would you call it? Like a, it's, it's a safe haven, or a, yeah, like a place where well, people are coming well, and going. He said business. He and, said if they get rid of the thing at the and just yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Navarro will come like a more bustling a trade uh, post. Trade yeah. post. That's it. Trade post. That's the word. Yeah. So I'm like, have these kids sh- shown up with people moving into Navarro in the like however long it's been since yeah. they was there last time, or were they here before? Because highly doubt it. Nonetheless, anyway. So you got this se- uh, this this school where this droids teaching them stuff, and grief's like gonna leave the kid here. So they put. Luckily, there was a spare seat. By the way, like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Someone was wagging school this day. Someone was wagging. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, it, it's weird. I mean, I know it's out on the outer rim, but, you know, the teacher to student ratio is very off. Yeah. Very high. And I was like, how's anyone think- paying attention? Destroyed. And they're not. Like, what's this droid going to do? Well, they're not really. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so Yeetle's put down. Yeetle then, again, the food theme of the season. I don't know if there's ever going to be a payoff for this or if it's just simply supposed to be i hope the payoff i'm gonna put it out there okay hope the payoff is he eats moth kidney at the end of the season wow what a what a turn of events uh yeah because he he's eyeing off what i wrote down in my notes as blue oreos right that's what they were right? no they're they're macarons or macarons okay blue macarons right yeah okay let's let's we'll go blue macarons um so he, he's eyeing them off he's sort of Trying to communicate with the, he, the he asks politely. <laughs> he asks poli- as, as politely as, as he can. As he can, yeah. He asks as politely as he can for these uh these blue treats, and uh, the kid says no. So then he instantly becomes a villain. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> clearly the school bully. Uh, you know who picks on everybody? A bad guy. And then Yeetle f- 
mistake. I'm not wrong, right? This is the first time in the entire season he's used the force. Yeah. Yeah. The entire the first time in the entire season he's used the force and it's to steal some fucking blue macarons. I mean, he could have used the force to steal eggs as well, but we, we that's didn't the first see time it. we've seen it. That we didn't see. We've it. seen it. It's the first time we've seen he used it to steal food. Uh, he's a fucking animal, isn't he? <laughs> like, he- <laughs> you do hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, make that a shirt. Uh, I don't know. Like this, this is the food thing. I'm, I'm, I, I've just can't help but keep wondering: is there a payoff? Like, what's the? He's a grown boy. Is it just continuously for the memes? Did they know it would be a meme? Did they know it would be a thing? Like, there has to be a theme they, at play here. I, they saw the frog reaction to the frog stuff last year, and they're like, "We're gonna have him eating stuff constantly." Maybe people love it when he's eating. But they don't stick anymore. stuff in his mouth. They made one big mistake. Yeah, they should have. I don't know. People e- are mixed. Yeah, well, it's very mixed. If they had him eating nothing but fucking Oreos and macarons. I mean, if the meme for the last six months has been give him chicken nuggets, uh, I think they 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 were right in thinking people would be happy keep of him eating food. True. Well, also I missed uh, shout outs to him and uh, Mando at the start of the episode sipping on soup together. With unison, yeah, like eating uh, drinking that unison soup, soup at, yeah. at the same time. Uh, as close to a face. Got to see, yeah, that we've gotten in some Got time. To see some of Pedro Pascal getting Chin. some screen time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they. I don't. Know, I don't know if there's more to read into that scene of him becoming less attached to wearing his helmet all the time, or if, like because obviously the thing is, like it, it's very easy to dismiss it as oh, it's the child, so he's allowed to have his helmet off in front of him, but he's not right. Like under the creed, it's not to anybody as far as I'm aware. Yeah, not to I anybody. Guess, as long as he doesn't reveal his entire face. He's okay. Yeah, but I just I think, well, I mean, just the fact that he was willing to eat next to him and just reveal that much of the face, I guess, shows how either comfortable he is with the child now or how lazier he's getting with sticking to the <laughs> rules, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's to do with the, the... Maybe last week. Yeah, exactly. Maybe had an impact like, on man, him. Man, they've got really good faces. I'm sure the breeze is really nice on their faces. Yeah. He's like, what's that like? Uh, so then, what was up to you? Yeah, school, right. So Mando, the, yeah, Mando then has a job pitch to him. Uh, the job is basically, hey, there's like some sort of remnants of the empire here and some sort of f- facility. By the way, I, unless I missed this wrong, of course, I've only watched episode once, but the way they, ex- they explained it, they're like, hey, remember Moff Gideon's people where they come from last season? Yeah, like a bunch of them came from this facility. Is that not what they said? Yeah, that's what they said. So Moff Gideon showed up by himself and then called everyone over from this facility that was right next door that no one ever bothered to mention was there or do anything about or care to... Maybe they didn't notice. (laughs) I mean... I mean, it's very far away from the town. It is. But then also, if you link this into stuff later with that doctor showing up, it means that doctor never arrived on planet the doctor was always on planet right you know what i mean yeah like just just put into perspective like because we always assume the doctor came down from a different planet probably from off getting ship or whatever but it seems obviously the the doctor would have always been on planet and and the child well, yeah was, they w- it sounds like they were set up in the two places one squadron or whatever yeah in the town and then one over in this base yeah yeah uh, 
yeah, so Grief wants to take this out because wants to help, uh, you know, make the planet safer so it can turn it into a bigger trading post, blah, 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 blah. Basically, it's, hey, I know we could have just come here, you fixed your ship and we fucked off, but we also need to 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 have you go visit this facility somehow. So come help us. Uh, so they, they head off to the base and they're dropped Wait, off they by... Introdu- they reintroduce uh, yeah, I've got Mithril. That. Yeah, Mithril's reintroduced, who, in case you forgot, is the blue dude from episode one of last season who was Mando's first bounty, who, who I'm pretty sure pisses himself, uh, his equivalent anyway, when he sees Mando. That's what I took that as. He has a bunch of like steam coming out of his face or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Basically, right. I, I took that as him pissing himself. Yeah. Kind of just being a little bit scared. Yeah, a little, a, a little bit of Mando. You know, played by Horatio Sands, if you didn't know, from SNL back in the day. Back in the day. Uh, and he's serving 350 years or something. Uh, <laughs> as, as punishment as for punishment his crimes. As punishment for his crimes, yeah. So, uh, so he, he takes them to the facility and they're trying to break into the door and at first having trouble. Mando jetpacks up into the sky. He throws someone off the edge uh, and then they, they manage to break into the uh, facility. And when they get inside, they discover that it is not just a random uh, army facility or a barracks or, or something along these lines. No, it's actually a laboratory. And yep. they they see a thing in a jar, which put a pin in because I'll just lay out all the facts and we can tie them all together. They see a body in a, a, a bacta jar of some sort, right? And they put on a recording or like a, a message, whatever you want to call it, a hologram message. And it's Dr. Pershing from season one returning. And he's sending a message to Gideon. And he's, exp- or, or I think it was just, it was just more of an actual journal entry, possibly, yeah. Uh, and ex- he explains that the, ch- the, the count that they had for the subjects, that the child's M count, which I first want to shout out, M count. I love that they had midichlorian come back in, but they still weren't will- willing to say it. This is the, this is the closest they've had to mentioning midichlorians since episode one. And that's what it is, obviously, M count. They're like, oh, because they're, they're talking about the child, obviously, and, and the child's blood. Yeah. And they're like, M count. What, what the fuck else is M count? It's midichlorian it's count. It's much easier. It's much easier to say and much easier to I think it's also say. a lot easier to get away Quicker. without people... Uh, flipping their fucking lid, but personally i love that and <laughs> that's i think it's vague enough that people who don't care maybe aren't as big a fans yeah. are, they won't click straight away yeah as soon as he said mcat i was like wow they went there it's taken 1999 what's that 20 21 years we got there though well i guess <laughs> it'd be from whenever the last episode but they haven't they haven't said metacolorian in anything since episode any one the sequ- you know like the- uh any of the other prequels? George, George always said that he he had bigger plans to include it in the, the future installments, but the the reaction to introducing it was so such visceral that it was the one thing he actually backed down on doubling said doubling down on. So it's interesting that's here. So shout out to mm. that by the way. Um, and basically they explain that they used they had used the child's blood for a bunch of the experiments. Uh, they put it into bodies or subjects and it seemed that the subjects had either died or rejected the blood or something along these lines. Of course, there's t- two two directions that you can take this. Uh, the most obvious one is obviously that 
the they're trying to f- find a body or a subject, inject it with a strong count of midichlorians, and then have the emperor's fucking soul or whatever you want to call it return yes. to that body. Right? I feel like that's the one Listen, that everyone's going to go to. Snoke is Baby Yoda's grandchild. I mean, is what we're saying. That is possible. That is very possible. Now, I I have to skip to the end to bring up this the second uh, possible thing. I'm not I'm not going to put a pin in it. We'll we'll get to it now. So we'll skip right to the end because tie it all together. So at the end of the episode, aboard Gideon's ship, we do learn that of course one of the aliens had stuck a tracker on the Razor Crest, and we also see Moth Gideon in a room of a bunch of what look to be dark troopers. Now, dark troopers currently are not canon. Uh, they are legends material. Dark, but I've got the Wiki, Wikipedia open so I could describe them for people though. So uh, Wikipedia writes, the dark troopers were advanced battle droids and infantry exoskeletons that featured heavy plating that resembled the armor of a stormtrooper, powerful weapons and jump packs for increased flexibility and tactical advantage. Besides the Phase Zero prototypes, they came in free versions. The Phase One Dark Trooper was a skeletal droid armed simply with a vibro blade and a physical shield, primarily a test bed for later stages. The Phase Two Dark Trooper, which featured, in addition, the external elements, and the Phase Three Dark Trooper, which was the main unit and was never fully developed. Only Phase Three prototypes were on board. Arkhammer, one of these was the originator for the project, blah, blah, blah. blah. It was a more powerful variant, blah, 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 blah. Dark Trooper project, though was basically the idea of, so what was this, phase three here. Um, it's, there was a, what'd you call it? Like it's a, it's a combination of like a cyborg, I guess the closest, the closest Star Wars gets like cyborgish type uh, experimentation. Like they were, they, they started off with, you know, like putting people in them and then they were, slowly they they were injecting them with stuff to try and uh, turn them into like force sensitive sort of old powerful stormtrooper type things so if that's what's at the end of the episode uh dark troopers or a version of dark troopers or a similar swing of the idea of dark troopers uh then the second thing that they could be trying to use the child's blood for would be to be creating an army of more powerful clones. They're trying to make an army of super clones, super soldiers. Some would say. Yeah, I think they're allowed to say that because they're Marvel. Right? I think they they get away with that one. Yes. So that, that yeah. that's that's the second second thing I'd like to put out there, and the third thing I'd like to put out as a, as an option is that. And this is the one I'd lean more heavily towards, right? Because I, I think if they do, I think they are dark troopers because they look very much like the the classic designs. If you go, like, I've got a picture in the video version of like the three designs. It looks somewhere between the the phase two and phase three versions of the dark trooper that you see at the end of the, the episode. Uh, I think if they do dark troopers, they just make them like super powerful, like stormtroopers, and of course. Ahsoka's going to have to fight them, but we'll come back to that. Um, if the, the third option, though, that I think is actually the most viable is that Moff Gideon is experimenting putting midi 
blood, aka the child's blood, into test subjects to see if he can make himself force sensitive. And the reason I lean more heavily into this one, this option, is that the, the, the first option means that we're saying that he's still 100% committed to uh, the Empire and that the Emperor had this as one of his like fallback plans. But that goes against everything we were saying a couple of weeks ago where we, sa- where we were saying that Moff Gideon was kind of acting like a... Um, like a terrorist splinter group leader. Yes. You know? Whereas if he was trying to make himself force sensitive, that's more in line with the way I think Moff Gideon's been acting and the way we've been describing his character of the, the very little, of course, that we actually know about him. But I, I, I think option three, if I had to pick one, like how, how do you feel? Uh, I think probably somewhere between two and three. Like, I think his end goal might potentially be to eventually make himself yeah. more powerful. Because he has the dark thing, saber. I think he's, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. But I think he he's def- he definitely wants to test it on other people first. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I really don't think and don't want it to be anything to do with the Emperor. Not only because I just think that's a little bit too mm, on the nose, like just tying it into Rise of Skywalker stuff. But I also just yes. don't think that fits the way we've been talking about Moff Gideon so far. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 he's mm. doing that, that's ultra committed still to upholding the Emperor's mission. And also, it doesn't really fit with everything we know about the Emperor in, um, like, what what we've seen him do in post-Episode 6 stuff so far. Like, he's had contingency plans explained in Expanded Universe material but all of his contingency plans, like explained in Battlefront 2's campaign and some of the comics and all these sorts of things, all of his contingency plans were basically, uh, if I've fallen, fucking just destroy anything, which is kind of folds into the idea that the Emperor was more like, if I can't rule, no one can. You know what I mean? Like, he never set up the, the Empire to have a second-in-command that would step up in, in, case, he, in case he died. You know, it was, it was I'm ruling... Or no one's ruling. So, like, I don't even think that fits the Emperor's type uh, idea of, like, having a contingency plan of, like, someone experimenting with trying to make Force-sensitive stuff. Because then that means he would be open to the idea of someone else becoming Force-sensitive. And in a lot of ways, I don't think he would, uh, given that, like, the Emperor is, in a lot of ways, like, the, the Empire itself, in a lot of ways, is, like, Nazi-ish. Uh, I think the idea of having like a someone who wasn't born form sensitive, but then made themselves is like the equivalent of like in Harry Potter where they call um like fucking what they call Hermione like a, a fucking like half blood, but like whatever the 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 more like mud blood, mud blood. That's it. Yeah, because that'd be like the equivalent of having like a, a mud blood, which I don't think the Emperor would be for because you know the, the the Nazi sort of inf- in, inspirations and. That sort of thing. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I definitely feel like, though, between him trying to make himself Force-sensitive and the Dark Troopers at the end, that we are building towards Ahsoka having a showdown with the Darksaber. Maybe not next week. I, d- I don't think next week. That would be too much. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's where the show is heading. Because I, I, I just don't think... 
we've seen Mando get his ass kicked a lot, and I just don't think he could actually take on uh, someone with a dark saber. And I don't think he could take on an army of dark troopers either. You know who could take on an army of dark troopers? Army of other Mandalorians. Maybe. Maybe we go speak to Bo-Katan, which, as I was saying, he'll have to go ask for help, and she'll be like, okay, I'll help you if you help me take Mandalore. I'll help you defeat Moff Gideon if you come help me take Mandalore afterwards. No, I think if he specifically says Moff Gideon, she'll be on board. It's just as they, you have to give me the Darksaber. True. Because she knows Moff Gideon has the Darksaber. Yeah. Right? Oh, no, she doesn't know she has the Darksaber. She knows he has it. Because in that episode, he, uh, she asks a guy, and she's like, does he have it? And then he goes, if you're asking that question, you already know he has or something. Like, does he have the dark saber? She even says the dark saber, I'm pretty sure, in the episode. She's like, doesn't, doesn't she have the, the, doesn't he have the dark saber? Anyway, yeah, so that's all of this scene. I'm sure uh, there's going to be lots of theories about it. I, I just think that the most obvious one that everyone's going to be jumping to, that it's Snoke, that's related to Palpatine, I just think the most obvious answer is just not going to be the right one here because I just don't I don't like it and it's too obvious to 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 be true and it doesn't fit with Moff Gideon in my opinion. Um, so after that kind of bombshell in the middle of the episode or three quarters away through the episode, you kind of get just more or less a, an action for, action scene for the rest of the episode to to fi- figure stuff out. So you have uh, Mando takes off because he thought that. Gideon was dead, so then he's like, "Well, if Gideon's alive, the child's not safe." So he fucks off to yep. to go find. I will the child. say, I feel like the child could have been with them the entire time. And of all the places he's been, yes, because he's been in way more danger. <laughs> yeah, but for whatever reason, Greep's like, "Nah, you don't want to take you him. This take is a place where no child yeah. should be." Not to mention, he thought the place was going to be run down or bare, like barely run. It was going to be a like skeleton, skeleton crew. crew or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't appreciate that they were pushing Horatio Sands to do all the work, <laughs> like the entire time. Yeah. It's like the three of us will cover you. He's a prisoner. You go over this lava pit and uh, activate the water. Turn the thing on. Yeah. So that they do after after just asking him to drive him there. Yeah. So they do manage to activate whatever means of self destruct. There was something to do with the lava, the way it was the lava, or something. Yeah. yeah. So activate all that. Mando takes off. Uh, Caradun, grief, and um. Oh mate, whose name I've just forgot. Uh, Mithril. Uh, they have to fight their way out. They have a bit of shooty shooty bang bang. Kara finds a, a craft of some sort. I'm not actually sure what it is. It, it looks like sort of a, uh, it looks like a gun on the back of a, a ship that would be used to like cart around cargo primarily. That's what it looked like to me. It didn't look like an, an actual, yeah. or like a prison ship even. Kind of like remnant of Maybe. Rogue One-ish prison ship type thing. I don't know. Anyway. So they have a shoot off. They take off. A bunch of scout troopers start chasing them. Fucking terrible scout troopers. Two of them crash right into one another. Haven't the, <laughs> no lessons taken yeah, from all true. of the ones that were on in the Battle of Endor. Bloody crashing into the trees and shit. Anyway, uh, shooty shooty bang bang explosions explosions. They think they've got them all. Base blows up. Lava. Big butter boom. They think they're fine. Nah, out comes a bunch of tie fighters. So. TIE Fighters chasing them. Grief's trying to shoot them down. Poor shooting from Grief. So pretty good driving by Kara June, though. I, I will note that. Some pretty decent driving from old Kara there. 
Uh, although the one corny line, which I already mentioned. Uh, and then the last yeah. moment, when all seems well done because they fucked their gun and the tires are closing in, of course, Mando shows up to save the day uh, and he manages to take out the rest of the the tires in the newly rebuilt Razor Crest. And this scene just shows it off in all of its glory, proper what the Razor Crest can do when the Mando's behind it and it's got full power. And Yeetle's having the time of his life because he's fucking nicked the... He's got the, he's got the macaroons. He's got the macaroons. He's in his chair. <laughs> You know, he's doing all these trips. Yeah, Mando's doing a million flips in the air. And flips and stuff. He's got his arms up yeah, in the air. It's like a roller coaster. Roller coaster with macarons. Macarons. Yeah. And uh, then he throws up all over himself. Just, just spits up a bit. Yeah. And Mando cleans him. a little him. bit of blue stuff. Mando cleans him like he's a little, little baby. He dabs him with his... Yeah. He dabs him with his own cloak, I think, actually. Yeah. Like, that's how much he cares about looking after that thing. I mean, he's not Lando. He doesn't have like several in the back. Maybe. <laughs> Could be another section of the. Razor Crest we don't know maybe about. Maybe Yeah, there might be a washing machine. In Whatever was in the there. back is not there anymore. It floated out into fucking space. All right. He could have locked it down. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, so then, the, yeah, the, the Razor Crest, they don't bother landing, of course. He, he, he calls in grief. He says, thank you. No need to pay. He's done enough. He's got a job to do. Off he heads. And then the the, the scene ending the episode is, I went and looked up the, the name so I could get it right. So Captain Carson Tether shows up once again, who is the one from not last week, but the week before. Who? Yeah, chapter 10. Hey, yeah, chapter 10. He's the one who, uh, of course, lets Mando go when he, after they save him from the, the New Republic captain who saves yep. him from the, the, the spider monster thing. Uh, and he's like, well, just, I keep getting reports of lots of shit happening out here. He's like, and then what happened with the Razor Crest after the base blew up? And then Grief protects him, says, no, Razor Crest. No, you know what these droids are like. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I found this scene funny because between this and uh, Chapter 10, like, this Captain uh, Carson has just been really built as, like, a New Republic, like, cop out to change the world. He's like the new cop. (laughs) He's out taking names and... (laughs) (laughs) The one cop for the entire Outer Rim. Yeah, for the entire Outer Rim. they got one <laughs> cop. The New Republic's really <laughs> running spread, thin, spread yeah. thin at the moment. <laughs> Trying to fix up the galaxy. they got this one guy. Uh, I, I will say, I found it interesting that he wasn't included in the cast list at the end. Wasn't he? No, he was like listed in like the guest starring oh, right, right. card. Like the black cards, yeah. not the uh, concept art cards. That's one you always have to stay for. Which, by the way, quick side note, anytime any episode where I'm like, oh, I wonder who that was, it shits me because after the title cards, like the ones with the art finish, it does that whole thing where it puts the credits in the, you know, the bottom right-hand corner. I'm like, and I have to quickly like switch back over. I'm like, for fuck's sake, I was watching the credits. Like, I'm literally waiting to see cast members and you're minimizing the credits on me. I think that's a problem across all the streaming services. Yeah, so like, it would, it would be nice to have a setting... Just don't auto-suggest me shit. I want to leave the credits on. You know? Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole thing. Uh, and then we learn, because Carson goes out and talks to uh, Cara Jean, and we learn that Cara Jean was actually from Alderaan. And I feel like we knew that. Did we? If, if we did, I completely forgot. Because <laughs> I wrote it down as if it was new information. And I also thought the way that she delivered the line, I lost everyone, if I had cared more about the character in a different world, that may have made me sad. 
but it did not. <laughs> that's that's how that went. What do you find? Do you type in Karajine? Yeah. All right. Did we know that? Did I forget that? No, it doesn't specifically say on this Wikipedia article. Must be you then. If it's, it, it, w- it would list it as a homeworld if it was already. Yeah, it does say listed homeworlds. Alderaan. No, it, she said it in just chapter eight. Okay, there you apparently. go. Apparently, completely forgot. Uh, so I don't know. Like this whole scene basically sets up her to, I guess, join the new republic again, or, or or something. That's what Maybe. I got from it. Did you get anything else? Like the way it was. Like he leaves a badge as if it's, Maybe. it's like, a, leaves, sh- like yeah, a sheriff, like dropping a deputy badge for someone. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, maybe the Navarro has some sort of connections with the New Republic going forward. You know, if they want to do become a proper training post. Then yeah. Instead of being having, like uh, outer rim. New Republic backing would be helpful. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, we're the outer rim. We, we're like known as the criminal part of the, of the galaxy, which is run by our own law. Like maybe she extends the olive branch. I mean, technically it's them extending the olive branch because she was a. A uh, deserter. True. Technically. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know what the war crimes are. New Re- New Republic laws would be for a uh, deserter. deserter. Really, it, it's it, it's kind of like a resignation. Don't mean anything else. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you should be allowed to quit the rebels whenever you want, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you'd think so. Yeah, I don't know. As long as you're not joining the other side, then. <laughs> Maybe that's what they, uh, they'd be worried about, I guess. Yeah, mm. um, and yeah, then obviously you get the Moff Gideon scene, which we, we talked about is what followed. Uh, and obviously next week, we're actually going to get to the planet name, which I forgot, but I'll remember next week. And we're going going uh, to presumably Corvus? meet Ahsoka Tano in live Corvus. action. Corvus. Corvus, there we go. Pro- yes, next week, directed by Dave Filoni, written by Dave Filoni. It's the big one. Maybe. It's presumably the big one. <laughs> it's presumably the big one. It's presumably the, the big one. Um, I'm obviously excited for that. I, I have a lot of questions. Like, I just, I just don't know how it's going to go. You know, like it's, it's weird because it, it is weird. I mean, in a lot of ways for, for people who only watch the Mandalorian, uh, and never watched like the anime and stuff. Obviously it's, it's going to be like, a. I still think even yeah. without that, it's still pretty massive to introduce. Like if you've never watched the anime series, you don't know who the fuck Ahsoka Tano is. It, you suddenly you're watching an episode and there's a Jedi there or someone who you would assume is a Jedi because they have lightsabers, right? Still, that's going to be big for people, even like, like average Star Wars fans just watching this, right? You know what I mean? Like that's still a big reveal, right? Like a Jedi. Post episode six, oh, she, Jedi. I was going to say, does she have lightsabers? Because yeah, she has lightsabers. Cl- I'm thinking because I was thinking the end of um, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah, at the end of Clone Wars, she but ditches her rebels. Yeah, she she has more by rebels. She has okay. she has two white or clear whatever <clears throat> you want to call it lightsabers because she's not like a Jedi. Lightsabers. Yeah, because she's not a Jedi, so she doesn't have because you can't actually see light. I just, reasons they they explain it in the soka novel she like she actually steals one of she actually beats the shit out of a inquisitor and then like steals his uh lightsaber and because she takes it like the crystal like bleeds the darkness out or it's 
getting like real. In- it's like use somebody else's wand. Yeah, basically. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's weird how like lightsabers, the crystals sort of relate to uh, wands in Harry Potter actually. But yeah, anyway, next week's a big one. I'm excited, obviously. Uh, looking forward to Ahsoka. Looking forward to Ahsoka meeting Yido. Looking forward to Mando meeting Ahsoka. I just don't know what's going to happen in the episode. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's like, all, all I know is Ahsoka is presumably showing up next week. But what the fuck happens then? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? Yep, they just made up and the entire episode is flashbacks. Imagine. (laughs) (laughs) I just just don't know. This is what's happened between the end of Rebels and now. I have so many questions. You would lose your mind, right? Well, I'm going to put it out there, right? I'm I'm probably, I'm already going to be very excited to see Ahsoka. I'm somewhat trepidatious because I just, I can't picture live action Ahsoka after years and years and years of nothing but animated Actually, obviously yeah. i just can't my head is struggling to co- to compute but i just keep fi- also keep forgetting and having to remind myself that if ahsoka's there i may be seeing sabine as well i'm like maybe i'm gonna go fucking nuts is what i am <laughs> gonna go fucking ballistas if i get to see all my favorite characters showing up in uh live action what if i hate them <laughs> <laughs> what if you don't like this interpretation? Yeah. Uh, it's like you ruined my nah. childhood. Yeah, yeah you ruined my childhood. Become one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously they'll do it for this week's episode. Very excited to be talking next week. I presume next week's going to be a massive one, so um, get excited, I guess. Uh, I think I actually have to. Uh, I, part of me hopes is like really like basic and like she shows up right at the end. She's like, I mean, even if she. Oh, no, what was the? What was the? I saw the meme of someone like if if uh Ryan Johnson directed the uh this episode, you know? No, what was that? The Mandalorian would show up and uh, Ahsoka would throw a gear all over the edge of a if like like Luke Skywalker at the start. That's of a bad Jedi. meme. That's like completely missing. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> some fucking Last Jedi hater terrible level. Meme. Yeah, I know, but um, you know. I mean, if she, if she only shows up at the end, I'm still going to... It's, it's still Ahsoka yeah. live action, so like it doesn't really matter. Uh, it, uh, look, put it this way. Even if I didn't know Ahsoka was showing up next week, and all I knew was it's Dave Filoni's week next week, I would still be coming to next week's episode the most excited I would out of any episode. I'm always going to go into a Dave Filoni episode the most excited because it's Dave Filoni, and I like Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is yeah. the man. Dave Filoni's created all my favorite Star Wars things. He's also a very mystical man who I quite appreciate the way he does Star Wars. He's George Lucas's apprentice. He's the closest thing we have remaining in Star Wars to uh, George Lucas's influence. And as much as people hate George Lucas after the prequels, he's the best we've got. I was going to say, is he Anakin or Darth Vader? But I guess they're technically the same person. So. Uh, he's like uh, he's like Darth Vader. No, he's, he never went bad. So it's, I guess it's yeah, I don't know. I guess it's Anakin. But I mean, that's what he is though. For people who don't understand, Dave Filoni, like he's not just the guy who did the anime series. He is and was George Lucas's pupil, who throughout the years has constantly always talked up how much he respects George. 
how much George always influences what he does and how if he can't think of a way to like tackle an episode or a theme or something like that, he always thinks back to the things that George told him because people forget that George Lucas created the Clone Wars, was heavily involved in the Clone Wars animated series. And for a lot of it, George was like, he wasn't the head. Dave wasn't the head dude. George was still in control a lot. And that show went for a long time. And Dave Filoni got to soak up a lot of George Lucas knowledge over over the years of doing that show, which he then, of course, brought over to Rebels, where he was the um, the one actually leading the guy. in charge of yeah. the the full direction of the show. So, like people people forget, like Darth Maul coming back wasn't random. People decided to do thing. Darth Maul coming back was George Lucas. You know, like these are all George Lucas's ideas. Soka, George Lucas. You know, like these are all George Lucas was the one who said Anakin should have a Padawan. So anyway, follow us on Twitter by heading to explosion.com slash Twitter, of course. You can uh, check out the Mandalorians in video form, which includes pictures from the episode, sometimes videos, random things I bring up. Like this week's episode, I had a, a video playing from uh, at some stage. I had a, a video for, of Star Wars Dark Forces, uh, which playing in the background where they're fighting the Dark Troop in that because that's what where the Dark Troop is originally came from. Very old computer game. Looks like shit, but nonetheless, it was on the video. If you want to watch it there, youtube.com slash Explosion Network, or you can check out ExplosionNetwork.com and find it that way. Or if you'd like to just listen to audio and you're watching it in the video and you're like, fuck your faces, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And until next week, we have spoken. (laughs) 